Then also it had gone about that the mysterious Indian, who had been seen now and then during the last week, was actually staying with Mrs. Lucas. And why was he not here? More unconjecturable yet, though not so thrillingly interesting, was the absence of Mr. Georgie. What could have happened to him that he was not flitting about on his hostess's errands and being the life and soul of the party? It was in vain that Mrs. Antropas plodded on her methodical course, seeking answers to all these riddles, and that Mrs. Weston, in her swifter progression, dashed about in her bath-chair from group to group, wherever people seemed to be talking in an animated manner. She could learn nothing, and Mrs. Antropas could learn nothing. In fact, the only information to be had on the subject was what Mrs. Weston herself supplied. She had a very high-coloured, handsome face and an extremely impressive manner, as if she was imparting information of the very highest importance. She naturally spoke in a loud, clear voice, so that she had not got to raise it much even when she addressed Mrs. Antropas. Her wealth of discursive detail was absolutely unrivalled, and she was quite the best observer in Rizal. The last I saw of Miss Bracely, she said, exactly as if she had been told to describe something on oath in the witness-box, was a little after half-past one to-day. It must have been after half-past, because when I got home it was close on a quarter to two, and I wasn't a hundred yards from my house when I saw her. As soon as I saw her, I said to my gardener boy, Henry Luton, who was pushing me, he's the son of old Mrs. Luton who kept the fish shop, and when she died last year, I began to get my fish from Brinton, for I didn't fancy the look of the new person who took on the business, and Henry went to live with his aunt. That was his father's sister, not his mother's, for Mrs. Luton never had a sister, and no brothers either. Well, I said to Henry, you can go a bit slower, Henry, as we're late, we're late, and a minute or two more doesn't make any difference. No, oh, ma'am, said Henry, touching his cap, so we went slower. Miss Bracely was just opposite the ducking pond then, and presently she came out between the elms. She had just an ordinary morning frock on. It was dark blue, about the same shade as your cape, Mrs. Antropas, or perhaps a little darker, for the sunshine brightened it up. Quite simple it was, nothing grand. And she looked at the watch on her wrist, and seemed to me to walk a little quicker after that, as if she was a bit late, just as I was. But slower than I was going, I could not go, for I was crawling along and before she got off the grass I had come to the corner of Church Lane, and though I turned my head round sharp like that at the very last moment, so as to catch the last of her, she hadn't more than stepped off the grass onto the road before the Loristinus on the corner of Colonel Boucher's garden. No, of the vicar's garden hid her from me, and if you ask me, 